Yeah, uh, I'd forgotten. So the other day, I like went into the basement to look for something, and I found my entire case of ecto cooler that I still have. From like, and I was like, I don't know if that's uh, this is gosh, what I should do with this. It's I took a ten pack of the, the little boxes. I've dived the the cans, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not gonna touch this. I'm just gonna leave this here and go back upstairs. Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return. Open late every night. When you rent videos during the week, you have five more nights to catch up on all the movies you might have missed. Isn't that a nice reward for working like a dog? The last time I saw a movie for a dollar, theaters still had balconies for people to neck in. You can buy DVDs starting at $4.99 or rent from 99 cents. Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Well, the perfect video store is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. And, uh, bring your own wheelbarrow. It is the 29th of March, the year of our Lord, 2019. <laughs> And you're listening to Blockbusters. As usual, I'm your host, Kent. With me is the G1 to my Beast Wars, Brian. <laughs> I would never expect you to make that reference, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sometimes I have to do things for you, pal. So, how are you doing, Brian? I'm doing good-ish. How are you doing as we exchange good-ish pleasantries? Sounds about right. I am about to actually take a vacation, which is... Thank God. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Thank God. Now, I hope you, uh, you deserve it, dude, and enjoy it. Um, uh, and it sounds like I will actually be someplace playing Cruel Intentions, which uh, I'm jealous of, actually. I wanted to go see, but it, apparently it's nowhere near Boston because I, I don't know if they don't like... They don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, for some reason, it's just like, or Reese Witherspoon made sure now. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird because like that movie is one of like my all time favorite guilty pleasures, and it came out. It's a twentieth anniversary, and like it's opening in like seven hundred theaters uh, nationwide, and it's like not well, not even like usually it'd be like in a small theater in Boston, not even close. It's just like nope, no showings, and it's like how the. F- so I don't know, but um, it's okay. I own it on DVD and Blu-ray, and I think every other format. Now I never, I don't have it on VHS. <laughs> I don't even think it was put on VHS. But uh, it's a, it's a, it's a. I can't believe you've never seen it. So if you see it, I want you to report back to us the next show what you think of it, even if you hate it. I've seen a lot of late '90s classics. I know. I what was now? <laughs> First Empire Records, and now this. Right? It's just like what? What the heck? So I don't know. But uh. Congrats on your, I don't know, congrats, but uh, good luck on your vacation. Have a safe trip. But uh, let's jump into the show and talk about some cool stuff. Yep. Uh, Brian, what is your recommendation? Don't hesitate to ask your video retailer for suggestions. What would you get for a six year old boy who chronically wets his bed? In addition to the movies you already know, he can recommend many lesser known films you're bound to enjoy. They never rent quality flicks, they always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. So my recommendation is a movie that came out, uh, we reviewed the movies per se in December, obviously, and everyone, and it actually won an Oscar, <laughs> um, and that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, so this actually... Oh, I thought you were going to say Bohemian Rhapsody. I know, I, I sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if you want to watch that, that is on demand. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, so I ended up picking up the 4K Blu-ray, even though I don't have a 4K player, but, be, you know, I'm set for the future. But um, I did end up watching the Blu-ray and the, all the special features that I want to talk about because, you know, we've talked on the show a lot about the lack of special features nowadays on, you know, Blu-rays and, and, and stuff. And usually I would not have expected from Sony, although I guess they did put a lot in Venom. I, don't, I didn't buy Venom for obvious reasons, but apparently they had some pretty good features on there. But usually we're pretty shafted on special features when it comes to big movies. So I just bought it because I love the movie. But I was pretty impressed with the special features. But let, first let me just quickly talk about... Of course, the Blu-ray transfer is immaculate. Uh, it's it's an, it's an animated movie. It, it just pops. It looks amazing. Again, I saw it in 3D in the theater. But even though it's not in 3D, and I know there's a lot of people that are angry about the non-3D <laughs> Ken, uh, being available on um, to purchase... But um, I, in 2D, at least, it looks amazing. And I can only imagine what it looks like in 4K with the colors and everything. But it looks phenomenal. Um, it, still amazing movie. You feel the same way about it. But um, as far as the special features, I thought they did a really good job. And um, so first of all, which I thought was you know something even cooler. So they have something called the alternate universe mode, which plays side by side with the movie in a split screen. So you watch the entire movie over again. And while you're watching it, um, basically uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and the directors talk about uh, different alternate scenes, plot lines, characters they were going to use, and at the same time show um, early black and white storyboard concept stages, art, or alternate, alternate ways they're going to do things. Um, basically, sometimes they'll just do storyboard to current to what the film is and um it's just it's it's really informative and it's fun to re-watch the movie in a different way without just you know they actually have an audio commentary to do this is separate from that and i just thought this is really cool um playing with the alternate alternate universe kind of thing and it it's very cool there's a lot of cool stuff in there that i don't really want to spoil because uh you'd be surprised how many different things they wanted to include in the movie and actually say are saving potentially for the sequel but um also, of course, there is a regular audio commentary with Phil Lord, Chris Miller, um, the co-directors and co-writers, and it's 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 good. It's insightful. It's breezy. It doesn't feel like it's a technical. You know, some commentaries are very technical and kind of like boring. They keep it fresh and fun. Um, they talk about pretty much every step of the movie's production, and um, you know, it's nothing blow blow you away but if definitely if you love the movie it's definitely another cool way to rewatch the movie <laughs> um my favorite thing on this entire blu-ray is this and that is caught in a ham short which is a vintage uh, it's supposed to be like a vintage wb short film with spider ham and um it's awesome and he fights dr crawdaddy and it's just everything mm. that Four minutes and 55 seconds should be because it's just amazing. I wish it was longer, but it's so good, and I loved it. So there's that. Uh, then there's a bunch of different kind of little... I'd say they're not really documentaries, but little, like, featurettes that could be longer, but if you put them all together, they pretty much uh, run out to pretty much a regular, like, long 45-minute documentary, but they cut them into pieces. So there's one for, like, eight minutes about, you know, the cast and crew talking about... Building up the different voice. <laughs> they talk about um, you know, 
the different Spider-Man variations, and they talk about the you know the characters, and they, they show some of the the vocal performances, recordings, and stuff. So that's good. Next one is uh, you know about the visual style, which is another five minute one, which is really good. My another really good one is the Ultimates Comics cast, which is about this is the longest one, it's fifteen minutes. They talk about pretty much the key of all the voice cast, every everyone involved, and why they cast that person as the character. Um, it's pretty interesting. Again, you get to see a lot of backstage um, rehearsals and and you know interviews with all the different voice actors. Um, the most I think they feature on is Shamik Moore, who obviously played Miles Morales, who, for obvious reasons, they, they center on the most, but there's a lot of fun stuff in that. And then, um, you know, they have a, two designing, uh, featurettes, which are basically they discuss the heroes and the hams, as they say, um, which they talk about, the, you know, how they did the animation and stuff, which is about eight minutes long. And then they have one for the villains, for Kingpin and Scorpion and all them, which is another five minutes long. Um... Then they have, which I thought was a really nice thing, they actually have a tribute to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and they actually talk about them evenly. Like, they don't just, like, I, I'm not saying that, you know, Steve Ditko should have been, you know, but they actually spend equal amount of time on both of them, and they, you know, they both did pass away in 2018, and it's pretty cool that, you know, you have, and they have Bendis on there talking a lot about both of them, and they have actually really cool, um, panels of, of Ditko's and, and, and stuff that they, they talk deep and how that really, you know, got them into making this movie and different parts of it. And so it's a nice little tribute. It's about eight minutes long, so it's fine. And this one was kind of meh for me, but you know, for people who like that, they have the Easter egg challenge, which is basically five minutes long. And they basically show you most of the Easter eggs that if you didn't know them and I'm kind of like, well, that takes the fun out of it. So it's like one, it's almost one of those YouTube ones where it's like, look, there's an Easter egg and there's an Easter egg and they explain it. Um, then of course, lastly included are three different music videos, which is Post Malone's Sunflower, uh, the one by Nicki Minaj. I don't remember the name of because I didn't write it down because I'm stupid. And I, think, I think there's, I think there's actually maybe there's only two then. Um, and then of course a preview for Spider-Man in Far Away from Home. I was gonna say Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. Uh, and um, Avengers. And no, it's another Sony movie. What's the other preview? I don't know. But two previews. But all in all. They put a lot of time and effort into these special features, I think, for a usual standard Sony release that they could have just slapped a disc in and been like, well, here you go. So I highly, highly recommend, I'm sure if you like the movie, you're already going to buy it, but it's a nice little thing of you get a, quite a bit of special features and content that you know a lot of movies nowadays, they just don't do it, and I don't know why. If they feel that you know fans don't care about it or whatever, but um, it reminds me of the good old day, good old days of DVD where you you would have a good chunk, and unless you buy like Shout Factory or something, you're not going to get this kind of you know obviously it's not as much as that, but I, I was uh, impressed with it, so that's my recommendation. Alrighty, and yeah, I'll tell you what, this is another one of those things where just. It drove me a little nuts in terms of the release because, first of all, like you said, there's no yeah. 3D release, even though it's a really good 3D film. Yeah. And number two, when it came to the exclusives, the Best Buy Steelbook, I know a lot of people like that. You weren't able to get one yourself. You yeah. told me before. Um, I looked at getting the Target exclusive, which came with an art book. Yeah. The production art in it. And... For some reason, even though 
just about every other Best Buy Steelbook or Target release is a 4K. They only released them on Blu-ray this time around. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if that's a Sony thing or yes. what's going on. It's funny you mention I don't mean to interrupt because I, I know you have a point. That Now that you mention it, that's funny you mention it because I completely forgot to mention. Yeah, the Steelbook as well was only Blu-ray DVD, which is maybe why I was kind of like wavering on buying it and I waited too long until it sold out. But yeah, and it's weird because they did, I think it's got to be a Sony thing because Homecoming was also Sony, but it's also Marvel, so that's why I think that got put on a 4K. But the, yeah, the, this one, the, the Steelbook, it's weird that the Steelbook was only Blu-ray and the Target thing was only Blu-ray. So it's got to be a Sony decision, I think, that they feel there's a lot more people that aren't on the 4K train yet. And I don't think they're on the 4K train yet as much as... You Either know. that or because it's... A quote unquote kids movie. That's also, I think, they think they're like, well, no kid's going to care if it's on 4K or not. I mean, they did, I have the, you know, the regular 4K release, but I know what you're saying. It's very yeah. strange. But yeah, usually with those exclusives, they have it packaged with the 4K, so that just. Right. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, at that's all. very strange. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on and talk about some news specifically. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. Ooh, Navy SEALs! First of all, let's get on the remake train. <laughs> Word is, Megan Blair will write and direct a remake of The Toxic Avenger. Ryan, I know what you're thinking. Finally. <laughs> I mean, the first theory was so... I mean, again, I, I I feel like we talked about this the last time we talked about when it was first announced. I, I just don't... How do you remake a movie that was supposed to be a bad trauma movie on purpose and was really of things that you can't get away with nowadays in a certain sense unless you're a trauma movie? I, I, I don't... I don't know what to make of this, and I don't know how you make a Toxic Avenger movie nowadays. Not that you, I mean, the four that they made originally were not exactly a great movie. It did spin off a toy line in an animated series, go figure, because the 80s were weird. <laughs> it, it is strange because that's about as close as they've ever come to mainstream, actual yeah. mainstream yeah. acceptance. I mean, certainly. They didn't make it with Sergeant Kabuki Man and YPD <laughs> no. or Tromeo and Juliet. But... Or even Killer Condom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a real movie, but, folks. Go ahead. Is, and, and Bacon Blair's an interesting hmm. choice as well. And I have no idea how it's going to work because I don't feel at home in this world anymore. It's this hugely critically acclaimed uh, film. And he's worked a lot with Jeremy Solnier, which is, you know, he was in Green Room, Hold the Dark, things like that. And it right. just feels really odd pairing to me that they have this guy doing Toxic Avenger, so, or that they're remaking Toxic Avenger in the first place. Right. So, and, that's, and again, it's like, I don't know. I, I, it's just one of those weird things, because it's like, like I said, it's just, it's so... It's it, the first film was a cult film, right? Because it came out, you know, in what the early '80s, and it, you know, whatever. But like, without Lloyd Kaufman, I can't, I can't, I don't know. And then like, I, I just feel that it's going to be, uh, I do, I, do, I assume it's going to be a family friendly kind of, not family friendly, but I, I don't think it's going to be more than PG thirteen. Do you? 
I I don't know how you do a PG thirteen one. But uh, I think they're gonna find a way. How did they? Yeah. Do? <laughs> Especially if you include the bit where the kid's head gets run over. <laughs> The fact that his girlfriend was topless pretty much the entire movie. <laughs> but you know what I mean? They'll find it. I mean, they've done more. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, uh, but yeah, it's one of those things. I just don't know how it's going to work. But yeah, we'll see. So, uh, so uh, along with the remake, we've also got some sequels coming down the pipeline. Warner Brothers is pushing an Edge of Tomorrow sequel, which I love the first one. If you aren't familiar with Edge of Tomorrow, you may know it under the very strange decision to push a tagline for it as being a replacement for the title, even though the title was on the DVD. Live, die, repeat. repeat. Which is weird because their longest time at my best buy, they had it under the L's for live. They thought like that was the name of the movie. And I'm like, that's not the name. It's just so weird. And like people couldn't find it. It was just a whole weird, like you said, just very strange. It is a bad idea. That's for sure. Yeah. We've also got the fifth Rambo coming. It officially has a name now. Last blood. It makes total sense. Rambo last blood. Got to kill them all one last time. I can't do a good slide. I was more of a Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) (laughs) But I assume he's going to go out in a blaze of glory, and most likely, no spoilers, but I'm I, I'm betting, I don't, I'm not running anything, I bet he's going to, like, die shooting a giant gun. Because <laughs> so, how else would Rambo go out? But anyways, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's coming out in September, so that should be exciting. Um, I actually like the last one a lot, and I think most people did. Oh, yeah. So. Last one is probably the second best in the entire yeah. series, and it's a little bit funny that they're doing another one because the last one seemed to be such a good ending where he right. kind of makes peace with himself right. and goes back home to his family and all that. But Yeah. Well, there's it's, money to be made. <laughs> I don't know. It's a franchise. Stallone has shown remarkable... True. For true. These two franchises. So. That's very true. You think that's a very good point, and you wouldn't think of it. When's when's the Judge Dredd sequel? Oh wait, never mind. They remade, remade Judge Dredd. Go ahead. Now, in terms of things that have not necessarily had the best track record, I spit on your grave <laughs> is getting another sequel in the vein of the recent Halloween film. It is forty years after the original that Wes Craven made. And features the original protagonist. Yes, Jennifer Hills is back 40 years later. And it's direct to Blu-ray, which should probably tell you that they don't have a lot of faith in this. Again, it's probably something they wouldn't have put in the theaters anyways because of the subject matter. Because, I mean, when the first thing came out in the 70s, there was a whole thing, you know, I won't get into it, but, you know. um, Yeah, when Wes Craven did it, it was, you know, seen as very, you know, you know, the subject matter. But, uh, again, it's a very strange thing to bring back the original character i mean you know they did a sequel and it was a different girl and you know whatever but this one is the original like you said protagonist so i don't know i don't have high hopes for it but i mean uh it has no one i know attached to it like the director uh it's the original director though which is interesting it did it in uh, i mean not it's the original um uh writer from Produce from, I was from gonna say, if they dug up Wes Craven, then no, that's that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, so it's the original writer, and so it's weird. I don't know, 
but again, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. That's all I'm gonna say. It's it's the so we'll we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if the fan base for that is uh, you know there, but a couple of interesting pairings in terms of new films coming up. First of all, we got Guillermo del Toro and J.J. Abrams doing a film called Zambato. Now, whether this will actually get made, of course, depends on Guillermo's famous slate. <laughs> most things don't seem to actually right. tend to make through, but uh, the article I read said that it's not a ninja film, which makes me think of an old Andrew Dice Clay movie called Brain Smasher. Oh, God! Chinese monks keep saying, we are not ninjas, but... Uh, Good it's supposed to be a about a young girl with a sword. So, sort of a girl type of thing, I guess. Kill Bill. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. And then next, and I believe this is coming to Amazon, their studio, Chen Wu Park, the man behind the Vengeance trilogy, is going to be directing a Western called The Brigands of Rattle Creek, written by S. Craig Zoller. If If that name is sort of buzzing about in your head, but you can't quite put it together... He made Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99. Oh. So he's already written a Western that a lot of people enjoyed. So that will definitely be interesting. They have not announced a cast yet, but they were pushing Matthew McConaughey in the article I read as being someone that they are going after. So Mm. it would be interesting to see them all work together, that's for sure. That is cool. It would have to be better than Serenity. <laughs> Wait, which surrender? No, I'm joking. Go ahead. Uh, no. <laughs> and next, it's not Hollywood without people having beef, but Steven Spielberg has declared war on Netflix as original content being uh, eligible for Academy Awards. He says that that should not be the case, that they should be eligible for Emmys because it is made for television content. Now, Netflix did abide by the Academy rules in uh, the recent, uh, in the last year, which is how Roma and Ballad of Buster Scruggs got nominated for some things. Yeah. And apparently they had a big push behind Roma in terms of the Academy Awards, spent a lot of money on advertising for that, trying to get it a win, and it did get Best Foreign language film and best director so you could argue that it was well spent so there's a lot of people arguing about that who's right who's wrong i can kind of see both sides of it i mean if netflix is following the rules then yeah i mean it's me that they have just as much right to go after it as anybody else it's not like the other studios don't make television content yeah i mean and at the same time it's like i feel you know they're gonna have i mean i know the academy is you know never changing but you have to change with the times and i mean netflix it's is a way that a lot of people view movies and real movies not just television shows and i think there's a difference between original movies and original television shows so i think uh, you know to a certain extent i don't see the problem um so spielberg and i i get i get his point too at the same time it's like you know it no matter if you want to fight it or not, it's eventually going to happen where, you know, they're, they're not going to, you know, it's not going to just go away, you know what I mean? Like, the, the streaming uh, validity of and Netflix and the fact that, you know, 
it's I, I mean yes people are watching their television but if you're watching a movie in your TV does that make it not a movie like I don't understand that viewpoint and here it, it, here is where it does get a little bit tricky because of course if you can consider them made for television movies I can kind of understand that that, that certainly are there certainly are Emmy categories for those right but if you change the rules specifically to try to push Netflix towards the Emmy side of the coin, then you are probably going to be knocking out of contention several indie films right. that only get short runs and then right. end up going to streaming or to video or what have you. Right. Also, I think a lot of it just has to do with the size of Netflix because Amazon original films, which typically to be fair, do get bigger theatrical runs right. than the Netflix originals have been nominated in the past and nobody really made a big deal out of it. Right. So while yeah, exactly. And it's because it's because Amazon has the money to, you know, put them in theaters. But I mean that that's not fair then that's not you're not really playing fair. But uh, it's Hollywood normally. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't think yeah. this is gonna be solved anytime soon. Yeah. Alright, and a little bit of casting news. Idris Elba has been cast to replace Will Smith as Deadshot. So another actor that doesn't look at all like Deadshot, but <laughs> I still have to say it's a pretty big step up. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you could have just not used the character, but you know what? He is a much better actor than Will Smith, and I'd probably be a better movie with him in it than Will Smith being in it. So it's not, it's me, it's a waste, it's a huge step up, so... But again, like you said, I still don't really see whatever. It's it's Deadshot. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, Deadshot. I'm, so, I'm surprised that they made him the focus because yeah. I never really thought he was that great of a character. He was but... legit a Batman villain that sort of to me as when I read comics, he looked cool. He had a cool visual, but that's not even the, yeah. they've changed. They've armored him up so much in the movies, so he doesn't really look like the comic character. I mean, but anyway. He's not even... Well, he's not even to the point that Slade is, and yeah, it's, it's just, a big deal in the movie. Yeah, so, so I don't know. Um, a Deathstroke, the Terminator. <laughs> uh, speaking of Suicide Squad two, the biggest news of the week that we're going to go out on here. In addition to Suicide Squad two, James Gunn has been rehired by Disney for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because they kind of realized, A, it looks like there weren't really any other directors that wanted to step in and take his place. And B, uh, boy, the conspiracy theorist in me is shouting this, and it goes back to something I said originally, that they just wanted to wait until everything died down and then bring him back. But the only fly in the ointment there is the whole Suicide Squad right. thing. So, Which is... that going to happen, why would he go off and right. sign up for that? So... I almost I think... Know, either way, I'm ecstatic about this, and fuck you, Pizza Man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like... I honestly thought it was... This is going to sound really cheesy, but I don't care. I actually thought it was, like, not real or... Dream, like... It, no one expect you know uh, me especially never I expected be like it's they made the decision it's done you know it was fina it was very final and you know everyone was ha you know they you know sort of both sides people were happy and whatever and some people weren't happy but I never thought I mean for Disney especially if their size now and their you know and the fact that I guess the the CEO Disney of Disney himself is the one who sat down with Gunn and kind of 
mended the fences um and you know they had agreed to him to come back but he has to finish suicide squad first um it's just i never thought we'd see this day so i don't give a fuck what other people say i know there's a lot of people out there and you know i'm saying this as me so i'm not speaking for the show but the people out there they're like oh if you go see this movie you're you know promoting a, a pedophile or whatever which i think is the stupidest thing i've ever heard because he made a bunch of jokes on twitter he's not a pedophile but that's my opinion um but yeah it's just it's again you get to see everyone come out of the woodwork and now are like you know whatever but um i think it's a great win it's also going to be very interesting for the first, the fact that we're going to have the first guy to direct, or first director to direct a movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC movie, uh, movie universe, and then go back to the Marvel movie universe, it's kind of like uh, I have to use like a reference to wrestling, where you see like a guy go from like one federation from WCW to WWE, or vice versa, where it's like it's just weird, and then like go back again, and it's just like. It's just very strange. I never thought we'd see this, and uh, but I am super happy. And let's be honest, no one wanted to see Guardians three without James Gunn. Like he at least should be given the opportunity to finish out his story. And you know, the cast themselves pretty much had said they wanted him to come back. So it's not like everyone was like, "Oh, we don't want him." It's like it was just Disney that had made the decision. So um, yes, there is justice sometimes, in my opinion. So. <laughs> Well, regardless, I'm pretty happy with it, and I'm crossing my fingers that, hey, maybe we'll get a Howard the Duck movie when he's done. So. Well, I, I, I was just going to say to you, I think the big thing about this is that they, you know, I, I'm not saying conspiracy theory is wrong or anything, or I don't, but I also think they were like, whoa, we lost this dude who we're, after this Avengers movie, we're in a spot where we're trying to move on to new things and if we he obviously made guardians work which was kind of an unknown thing i think they want him in their arsenal as a guy that can you know do other stuff for them i don't think this will be the last people like oh is this going to come back and finish finish guardians and then leave i'm like i don't think that's the case i see he set up the cosmic right universe without him doing guardians you basically don't have thor ragnarok right or Captain Marvel as it So I would be very shocked if this is the last Marvel movie we see by him. I think this just opens... I think they wanted him back in the, in there, like I said, so they could have, you know... Because obviously, you know, after Avengers Endgame, everything changes. But, you know, it'd be good to... You know, they trust him enough to continue. So, and they know his stuff works. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll see where it goes. But, yes, good news, in my opinion. Um, it, for the most part, I feel it's... Uh, wise decision on disney's part i know i give him shit but i give him credit for taking you know doing it and um you know it's not it's... I, I will say just one more thing in my review of avengers the written one that i did i basically talked about how last year was such a fantastic year for marvel all three of their uh, movies in the mcu made my top 25 and two of them made my top 10 and the only black mark on it was the whole James Gunn debacle. So that basically erases that. And yeah. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see how they use him going forward. But let's go ahead, move on to coming attractions. And now, here's a preview of the action-adventure hit that grossed $45 million at the box office. <laughs> Coming soon to a theater near you. Now, if I could only just find a balcony. The biggest 
trailer of the week has to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. To my right is Bounty Law series lead and Jake Cahill himself, Rick Dalton. And to my left is Rick stunt double Cliff Booth. So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff. <laughs> Cliff here is meant to help carry the load. Is that uh, how you describe your job, Cliff? What, carrying his load? Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> My hands are registered as lethal weapons. We get into a fight, I accidentally kill you. I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Like you. It's not Avengers. No, I'm going ahead. <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Go ahead. It's always Avengers, right? No, okay, I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, you're no, you're right. That definitely was. Uh, it, it, again, it's the first uh, Tarantino movie we've gotten since. Fuck, how many years? Yeah, but how many? I was gonna say what year was that? I don't even remember what year. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, I was gonna say it's been quite a while. So, um, and whether you like Tarantino or hate him, he you gotta you gotta admit that like when he releases something everyone talks about it like it's a it's a big deal so yeah and i gotta say it definitely looks like a heck of a movie that he's got going on it it's a buddy comedy set around the manson murders yeah it's like it's 1969 like, i think or something like that yeah yeah and okay I'm, I'm gonna call it right now i think even though there's very little to go on in the trailer, but some innuendo that Leo and Brad Pitt are going to be a gay couple. Okay, I can see it. I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, of course, it would certainly be within Quentin Tarantino's wheelhouse to for them to have a Burt Reynolds, Hal Needham relationship where they're right. just buddies out in Hollywood, but... I have to wonder, given that uh, joke about carrying his load, that could totally be a double entendre. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you have you just looked at the cast listing of this movie, though, like we're talking about the trailer, but just the it's um, insane. It, it, I mean, and you know, you've got it's just it's I've never seen anything like it. You know, just even the people that have been announced that we don't know who they're playing yet. It's just like you know. Okay, we're the weirdest person though on the list is Kevin Smith's daughters in this movie. I don't know how that happened, but she it's like Harley Quinn Smith. Wait, what? Like what? Okay, and like and like Rumor Willis is in it. Is like did they want directors' daughters in this for some reason? <laughs> I mean, not directors, actors and directors, but you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, it's very. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's like a who's who. Um, it is sad that Luke Perry uh, is in this, and but he did finish his his uh, he completed his. Um, his uh his his scenes before he died so 
But um, but yeah, it's incredibly crazy castless, and the trailer looks good, and it's Tarantino. Um, I don't know. The trailer definitely looks better than the posters because the posters. Are Post just, the posters. Hey, there's some famous people. Yeah, the posters are very. The posters just kind of like, okay, it's definitely the weakest of any of his posters that I can remember of any of his movies, in my opinion. But I know that's, it's, it's uh, like heresy to fucking talk bad about Tarantino. But like, yeah, I, I don't think the poster, the, the, the poster is pretty bland and pretty just like, well, that looks like a random movie. It doesn't like scream, but maybe that's the whole point. So we'll see. You know, you say that, but, uh, over the last couple of years, that's true. People have come out against that, late, that's so a good point. That's, that's a good point. Terrible, so. Yeah, that's a good point. So it used to, it used to be actually. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I will say it's just ridiculous to me that they keep pushing that numbered thing where it's the ninth film. By <laughs> Number does nine. It yeah. Does it, it really matter? Is there some sort of numerology thing going? on? Can you on? imagine they did that for like Spielberg or someone? It's like his thirty fifth film. <laughs> like, like twenty. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, it gets kind of ridiculous. Like. Okay, he, he's made enough films by this point where you, you need to really say, like... I can see if it was, like, you know, back when he had only made, like, three or four. But, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's kind of like... Alright, <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, interesting enough, of course, also, this is his first film not to be associated with the, the Weinstein Company, obviously. <laughs> so... So, what happened there. Yeah, so Sony took up the... Sony Pictures is like, we got something that's that's good, at least, finally. No, um... So, yeah... Uh, Speaking of crazy shit, next one, Natalie Portman in Lucy in the Sky. Oh, boy. Specialist. Lucy. Time to wrap it up. We're going home. CDR is go. Polaris is go. We are all green. Lift off in 10. Nine. Just feel a little off. Eight. Go up there, you see? Seven. The whole universe. Six. And everything here looks five. Four. You're so small. Three.
Now, it is not alluded to in the trailer here, but apparently this is loosely based on a real story, which was referenced in the film Rough Night. If you remember my review so long ago, I talked about the fiancé in the movie having the best part. In it. Oh, right, right, right. They have him pull a sad astronaut where he tries to drive across the country wearing an, an adult diaper on Red Bull and... Russian Adderall. <laughs> okay, go ahead. That is based on something that a an actual astronaut was supposed to have done when she had kind of a psychotic break. And this movie is apparently supposed to be inspired by it. Yeah, it's, they're saying it's loosely based. But yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah. I guess originally it was supposed to be Reese Witherspoon in this movie, but she had to drop out. Uh, in, in Portman's role, but she had to drop out because she was doing whatever that TV series she's on. I can't think of the name of that's on HBO. She's doing Legally Blonde three. <laughs> the red, white, and blue. Nah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, John Hamm, Natalie Portman. Um, yeah, it 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 looks okay. Um, we'll see. Um, it it definitely has a bit of a, a murderer's row in that in that cast as well. Speaking of impressive casts, yes. Ryan, did you ever expect to get Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Fuck no. It all happened so fast. We have to stop them, Batman. Whatever they are, they're going to regret stepping foot in Gotham. This is a big score, gentlemen. It's the bat! Fire! Fire! Do I look like a friggin' bat to you? Huh? I've read rumors about a supernatural bat creature in Gotham, but I assumed it was an urban legend. Ninja Turtles? We came to Gotham to stop Shredder and the Foot Clan. The man who'll help us destroy this city is right behind this door. <laughs> oh, come on! Robin, Batgirl, these inmates were the deadliest criminals in all of Gotham. <laughs> Let's move. It's time for this city to destroy itself. Take them down. We need answers. You're welcome to try. Think fast. He thought too fast. We're not your enemy. This is still my city. They're ready for a fight. We bring them a freaking fight. You are no match for me. Let's end this. Um, so, yeah, this just came out of nowhere because, like, so they did DC and IDW, who are the two comic companies that own the rights to their respective characters, did a crossover probably three or four years ago, and it was super popular, and it's weird because you think, like, Batman and Ninja Turtles really don't... But, I mean, if you talk about the real old-school Ninja Turtles uh, from, from when they were created, they were very dark and much like Batman as opposed to the cartoony Ninja Turtles. So it kind of worked... Of, uh, Daredevil. So. Yes, exactly. So instead of the, the the hand, it was the foot. But yeah, exactly. Um, so 
it's not that far from sorry i'm getting gassy and burpy <laughs> i'm talking about this apparently but um so the the comic came out and it was kind of good and you know it was nice and i think they did a sequel last year which wasn't very good but then all of a sudden this just kind of this trailer came out and it's like i heard nothing about this i don't know when they decided to make this and it's a very strange kind of thing to do but i mean i can see why they're doing it because it's like oh this is this is like two huge franchises that you know we can put together and then make a friggin um and anim- warner brothers animation can just do it and um and so. uh, given the fact that fox just was bought by disney which uh, we probably should have mentioned whoops more about in the news. <laughs> it's official folks <laughs> Uh, I don't think we're going to get that Batman versus Predator movie nope. sometimes. But, uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and hit that real quick before we move on. Uh, the Disney-Fox merger, most of it we don't know a whole lot about except that it is official. official. It's There's and no more like, will it, won't it, maybe. It's 100% official. The only thing that we've heard in terms of their plans for any of the franchises have to do with Marvel. And once again, they've it's uh, just sort of thrown out speculation on Deadpool where that's kind of expected to be the only thing that survives separate from the MCU after the merger. Well, I mean, it, it, to a sense, it makes sense. And obviously, I think it's got to be true because if, uh, Ryan Reynolds was not very coy. <laughs> or I guess he was kind of fine apparently coy, but like he signed out a bunch of different, you know, memes and type of things uh, after this happened. So I think he knows more than he's letting on. And I'm sure... Again, I, I maybe I'm just being hopeful, but I, I think they are going to yeah use that as like a separate thing, and obviously mm-hmm. the X Men will be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as they should be, and yeah, pretty uh, much everything else is exactly what we've been talking about right. for months. That the X Men they're going to put out Dark Phoenix, and then that's going to just sunset that whole series. Yeah, X Men will be started over in pretty the much which at the same at which yeah yeah and the New Mutants movie which kind of stagnated may be released on the Disney Plus streaming service, but nobody's really that excited about it at this point because this is just hearsay that I've heard, Mm. uh, but I've just seen around that the original cut was actually supposed to be very good, but it was also a straight R-rated horror film. Yes, that's what I've heard. And Fox said, what, what, what? (laughs) And ordered reshoots, and they watered it down to like a PG-13 more of a like a straight superhero-ish right. movie with the with X-Men mutants and which kind of defeated the purpose of what it was supposed to be right. so who knows what kind of Frankenstein abomination we're going to end well, up with. Same, I mean, same could be said for Dark Phoenix I mean from what I've heard they've the reshoots of that have kind of you know you guys got to make sure this shows that this is the final X-Men movie of that universe and from what you know through the grapevine i've heard that movie is not supposed to be very good either so it looks like fox is going to kind of go out with the whimper (laughs) which i mean again i think though you know i know a lot of people are angry now it's all these years they didn't want they wanted disney to have it now that it's happening they're like well fox should have kept it and it's like you make up your mind which again so i mean but i do think you know look if they did this great stuff for all these other marvel characters why are people so afraid to see something new with the x-men we've had the same we the x-men universe in fox has been going on for 19 fucking years i think it it you can give it to someone else now i mean not saying so, you know, so. 
while I'm wildly speculating on everything anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to say right out, if there is time travel involved in any way in Avengers Endgame, I am fully expecting them to pull a butterfly effect and suddenly come back to an MCU with mutants that exist. Or Galactus. <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is, I don't think it's going to happen. They could potentially put anything they want at the end of Endgame now, like, as the teaser. I mean, they own everything now. So they could have fucking alien predators. But they've at least got permission to use Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, they could have Robocop show up in the end of it if they want to. I mean, (laughs) they own anything. They could have fucking Mulder and Scully show up. I mean, anything is possible at this point. Homer Simpson stumbles into the third dimension again. Peter Griffin and fucking Homer Simpson show up. Yeah, I mean, so who knows? But it's a crazy time, and, you know, we'll see. I know there's also the bad sides of Disney having this monopoly, but at the same time, I'm trying to look at the good side, so we'll see. I'm, I'm wondering if they aren't going to maybe sell some of their assets off as far as the yeah. and stuff goes. Yeah. Some of it just seems so out of their wheelhouse. Oh, totally. Yeah, we'll see. We'll All keep right. you updated. Before we, we go... Brian, if you had to create a video game movie sequel, would you want to give it the same subtitle as Mortal Kombat's? No. Because that's what we got with Doom Annihilation. God damn it. Dude, this, the first Doom movie is god-awful, right? It has the rock in it, but it's a terrible fucking movie. But this movie looks even worse like this looks like some with like a like a fucking shoestring budget went and like hey let's pretend we're gonna make a video game movie and then just have really cheesy just just gore and then just people screaming and just just stupidity and it's like this just this looks fucking like garbage it looks like actually you're making it sound better than the original well i don't know about that it looks like a dumpster fire honestly because it sounds like the cheap italian version of the first movie no well it just this this trailer looks just like a dumpster fire honestly it's just it's it's just bad it it it's people screaming die 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 and like just it's it's yeah like that exactly and it's just like i don't i don't i don't know i don't know it's it's I don't know. It's like the best straight to video sci-fi movie about people killing alien monster things. Yeah. Since Starship Troopers. So. Yeah. And that whole straight to video sequel franchise, but. Alright. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and move on to the new release while.
So do you have any new movies in? Ask your video dealer about these hit titles. Yeah, first I'm going to just run through some quick news about uh, releases. First of all, announced this week was, uh, I know we kind of shit on the movie, but you know, I know there's some big people, there are people out there that still want to buy this movie. Lego Movie 2, the second part, is going to be released on May 7th on 4K and Blu-ray, and they've got a bazillion special features, which, yay, that's good. Um, I don't know if it will still make me like the movie, but um, they've got a lot, you know, new shorts and, and uh, outtakes and music videos and, you know, giant commentaries and sing-alongs and whatever. But, um, so for those interested, yes, it's now going to be released on May 7th. Um, also, Screen Factory has announced the details for their Tarantula uh, from 1955 release, Blu-ray. <laughs> Uh, brand new 2K remaster is official. New audio commentary with film historians Tom Weaver, Dr. Robert J. Kiss, and David Schechter. Theatrical trailer and still gallery. Um, of course, this is the famous movie by, I think, is it Jack Arnold? This is that guy that did Creature in the Black Lagoon. It came from outer space, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it, I think, doesn't it have a cameo by Clint Eastwood? Or am I, did I read that somewhere? It's always, I thought he plays a jet fighter. I, I think. Revenge of the creature. I thought he supposedly he he plays a jet squadron leader for like two seconds in this movie, but I might be wrong. I might. That's definitely possible. Like I said, he was in another one. Yeah, so, so that's just that's just kind of funny. But uh, so yeah, if any uh, that is coming out April thirtieth for those. Uh, so it sounds like it's if you're a fan of those uh, old school Universal monster movies. Uh, giant monster movies, I should say, even though it's a tarantula. <laughs> uh, also from Scream Factory, we've got The Brain coming out, which Kent reminded me how... Wouldn't uh, they do this on the live tour of uh, Mystery Science Theater? That is correct. They had two movies that they did during their last tour before the new season dropped. Yeah. And The Brain was the main one that they did hmm. in most of the most of their stops and i did i can't say much about it as a movie but it's a <laughs> mystery science theater experience it was quite enjoyable yeah i've, I've never heard of this movie honestly uh, but it's coming out from shout Fa scream factory uh, came out in 98 or 19 yeah, 1988 i should say basically it's about a pulsating mass of gray matter exploring exploding in size and strength and takes control of human minds and devours human bodies um, I it, it just, it's a weird, but it's like a TV program and the, the, the suicide and murder rate raise, rises with its viewers and it's just fucking, there's an alien brain and control of humanity and everything. But anyways, we're getting brand new 4k restoration of the film from the original negative new audio commentary with director Ed Hunt, new audio commentary with the composer, new audio commentary with the main actor, Tom Brez. Nahan, whoever that is. New interview with actress Cynthia Preston. Um, interview with actor Jed Buza. Uh, interview with this is an art director and a love letter to the brain, which is a, a documentary. Plus, still gallery. And so, uh, I guess if you're a fan of this movie, and this is for you, I don't know what to make of it because I've never seen it. But it is coming out on April 30th as well from Scream Factory. So, there's that. Um, Two more things before we get into the actual release weeks. Um, MVD Rewind is putting out uh, one of the most classic Jean-Claude Van Damme movies of all time, and that's Double Impact, which is the one where he plays 
The synopsis. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. The synopsis. What could be better than Jean-Claude Van Damme in an explosively entertaining action extravaganza? Two of him. Twice the excitement, twice the mayhem, and twice the fun. Um, so it's, you know, two and brothers, and he plays both of them. The hilarity will ensue. But uh, anyways, they're putting this up for the first one, Blu-ray. Uh, high definition presentation, new making of Double Impact, 59 minutes, two 59 minute uh, feature length documentaries, including interviews with Jean Claude Van Damme, the co writer and director, co stars and fight coordinators, and the photo doubles that they had to use for the poster and other parts of the movie. Um, also, new extended and deleted scenes and anatomy of a scene with the director. Um, and then a bunch of old standard definition clips and B-roll stuff from the original DVDs and VHS stuff. But um, I guess if you're a fan of uh, Jean-Claude Van, Ta- Van Damme, I can't even speak, uh, Double Impact is coming your way on May 28th on Blu-ray. Uh, finally, Warner Archive has announced its April releases. Uh, first off is Frankenstein 1970, which I don't know... <laughs> anything about this but what i've read seems kind of weird uh, i i don't i don't know um bar, bar, uh, boris karloff is now i don't know it, is he in it kent what i don't know what have you ever seen this or what, what's the story behind I, this i am not familiar with it myself but it it sounds very much in the vein of some of the 70s Hammer films. Yeah, so, but anyways, they're putting that out, brand new remaster of the film. I guess there's a lot of, uh, basically, okay, according to the synopsis here, uh, Dr. Victor Frankenstein uh, agrees to let a TV crew shoot a horror flick at the family castle. The crew members don't know yet, but they're just what the doctor ordered, fresh body parts, ready for harvesting. So it's a, take off on a new version of Frankenstein, obviously. Um, a famous movie that I've always heard of but never seen, A Patch of Blue, which is that Sidney Poitier movie where he plays uh, the blind uh, man who is uh, then becomes kind of like a... I don't know how to describe it. He helps a, a, a lady that, like, with different things and... and um, I don't know. She's white, he's black. It's one of those things. But anyways, brand new remaster of that film. 1947, uh, or 19, I think it came out around that time. 1947, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Summer Stock, I have no idea what that is, but it's a Gene Kelly movie. Uh, again, brand new remaster with a bunch of special features. And this, randomly thrown in there, I don't know why, because this isn't an old movie. But Shameless, the not complete non-season, because apparently they realized that no one wants to buy TV, TV seasons, so we're going to do it through one archive now. So I have no idea why that's on there. But um, let's actually go through the week-by-week releases for April. Um, Starting with April 2nd, we've got Bumblebee coming on 4K, Blu-ray, whatever your your, uh, version of choice is. The Mule, which uh, I know Kent saw. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vice, which is a movie that, you know, won, uh, was nominated for a bunch of awards and, you know, was was fine. Uh, the Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot, which we talked about. Um, Hellboy, the two Hellboy animated features are being put on 4K. I don't know why. But I guess to tie in with the new movie, I guess. But those are actually both really well done. If you people haven't seen them, I, I think I have them on regular DVD, I want to say. Um, but yeah, those come out April 2nd. 
April 9th, some movie called A Dog's Way Home. No, I, I, it's something. It's, it's, it's a major release. I had to put it on here. Uh, the movie on the basis of sex that was about that... Um, thank you. Uh, the worst dumpster fire movie I've ever seen, Holmes and Watson, so you can see it for yourself. Uh, a bunch of old movies is like This Gun for Hire, Curse of the Vampires, and uh, Brain of Blood. April 16th, we have Glass, finally, in 4K and Blu-ray. And also, if you want the M. Night Shyamalan Trilogy Pack, they also have that as well, which has uh, Unbreakable, uh, Split, and Glass all in the same uh, collection. Uh, that Keanu Reeves movie Replicas, which I keep getting ads for on Amazon. I don't know what it is. Uh, Justice League The Fatal Five, which we've talked about before on here, which is the next DC animated uh, movie. The Kid Who Would Be King, who Kent reviewed, who, which which Kent reviewed a couple weeks ago. Um, and some to, some stuff that I'm excited about. Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Malibu Express. <laughs> uh, the Karate Kid on 4K. Um... Batman Hush, their listing, which I don't know if this is true or not. Again, it's supposed to be a DC animated movie. It would not make sense for it to be out the same week as Justice League. Plus, there hasn't been any cast announcements or trailer for this, so I'd be very surprised if it's actually coming out then, but it's listed that way. Um, also, um, finally, two movies that I guess have never been on Blu-ray before, and that's Smoking the Bandit 2 and Smoking the Bandit 3. Or Part 3, I should say they call it, so... Smokey is the bandit. <laughs> so then as we move on to April 23rd, uh, Alien on 4K, which is a new 4K remaster, which we've talked about on the show before. Escape Room, which kind of came in and out of uh, theaters probably faster than they escaped the escape room. <laughs> See a little pun there. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave, Deja Vu, which we just talked about. Um, they're putting out a Boris Karloff, Bela Lugowski, I can't say his name. Lugosi collection apparently on Blu-ray. I don't know what's involved in it, but it's a collection box set. Um, Ken, you know the movie The Land Unknown? It looks like a movie from the 1950s that you would be interested in, but I don't know anything about it. I, I actually bought it. I don't know anything about it, but okay. when they were doing that 101 Films sale oh, nice. uh, over from the UK, I, I bought it because it was cheap, and I'm so, going to find out about it. So, so. They're, they're, they're putting it out over here. Okay. I kind of I figured that you would know. And then um, two movies that I always assumed were on Blu-ray, but I guess they never actually were because I did research. Uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective and Ace Ventura Pet Detective When Nature Calls, both getting DV, uh, Blu-ray releases after all these these long years i guess i i know a long time people have waited to see jim carrey talk out of his ass but i mean you know so uh, <laughs> yeah, if there's a movie i don't need in high definition <laughs> that's what nature calls except, well, except for the rhino scene the rhino seems pretty good i was gonna say and finally on april 30th we have police story and police story 2 the jackie chan uh two pack which are you know two of his most uh let me just drop my pen um, the movie The Brain, which we just talked about. Tarantula, which we just talked about. Uh, Grandmother's House, which is a movie that came out... A, a kind of horror movie that came out in the 80s. Um, and finally, the greatest movie ever made that no one has ever seen. And that's Cuffs with Christian Slater and Mila Jolovich. I highly recommend you get this movie on Shout Select. Because it's just the ridiculous, ridiculous, 
awful but amazing movie ever. So I can't wait for that. It's already pre-ordered. So those are the new releases coming out in April. <laughs> and, and if I could add one to April Go for 9th, it. because it's something I, I went ahead and pre-ordered. Go ahead. Uh, the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Oh, I did. I did uh, dude, I legit had that. I don't know why I didn't write it. I saw it. Yes, that is a great flick that is coming out finally on April 9th. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, so. Hammer made a kung fu film, <laughs> and Peter Cushing is in it as Van Helsing. Wow. So That's wild. Uh, That's wild. I am definitely looking forward to seeing that. That's that wild. That is going to be great. That is that is pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's our that's the your coming attractions for the month of April, pretty much. I have to return some videotapes. So what all have you gotten in the last few weeks, sir? Right? Uh, so I've been on a weird. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, so I've bought out. I've bought out. I, my brain is not working tonight. I keep like stumbling over my words. I apologize. Um, I've bought recently a lot of stuff that's like not great, but just stuff that either it was a holes in my collection or stuff that I was like, ah. Oh, so first of all, I'm gonna get out of the way and just be like, this is weird. I for whatever reason, I decided to be like, you know, I don't have a lot of Jennifer Love Hewitt movies on Blu-ray. I have Can't Hardly Wait. I don't have any of her other ones. So I do like Heartbreakers, honestly, as a movie because Jason Lee's in it too. That I didn't know ever came out on Blu-ray, and it did. Um, tried to get I still know what you did last summer, but they it's it's out of print because I guess it's only put it out in two thousand eight. Then it, then Mill Creek uh, bought the license to it and not the sequel, but just that one in two thousand fourteen. Put it out on a limited press and then never went back to press with it. So it's it's out of print. And goes for big money on eBay, but you can still get. I still know what you did last summer, the se- the sequel for eight dollars on Amazon, which I bought, and I also bought the Trojan War, which is only on DVD. Um, I also bought just out of curiosity because I've, a couple of people have told me it's really good. I know, I know it's David S. Goyer, and I should not believe these people, but I've heard good things about Krypton f- the first season. It was on sale for twenty bucks, um, so I'm going to check it out. Hopefully it's good. Um, I do like Superman, so I don't know. But I don't usually like David Goyer. So <laughs> um, I also picked up uh, what last. Oh, I picked up Overlord, which I don't if I mentioned. I don't think I mentioned last time. If I did, I'm repeating it. But I didn't think I wrote mentioned it in the last episode. And finally, Mill Creek put this movie out, and it's an awful movie. But I need uh, my friend and I are doing kind of like an awful movie viewing every couple of weeks, and this will definitely be. He's never seen this movie, so I was like, you know what, for seven ninety nine, uh, we I bought Barb Wire because I've never seen it and he's never seen it, so I can't wait for this awful movie. So uh, that's what uh, I, I would just like to say that if you and your friend ever do start up that taped over podcast where you watch eighties teen sex comedies. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, I'm not going to intrude, but if you ever want me to guess, yes. I would be happy to talk about the film My Chauffeur. I've so, never heard of that. What the fuck? Uh, with Sam Jones. Oh, okay. Wait, which Sam Jones? From Smallville or Sam Jones Flash Gordon? No, I'm kidding. Flash Gordon. <laughs> I was kidding. I know. Wasn't there, wasn't, oh, that was, I'm sorry, Sam Jones III was uh, Pete Ross on Smallville. Um, <laughs> My Chauffeur, I've never heard of it. And I just uh, looked up the poster. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right, so you know how I believe I've talked to you about Teen Witch before. Yes. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Teen Witch. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Where it's like a teen comedy, but made by people who don't understand 
how human behavior works. It's like that, but with an 80s romantic comedy. Jesus. <laughs> it's the weirdest freaking thing, man. Pendulette's in it, though. What the fuck? Yeah, and Teller are in it. What the fuck? Okay. I don't know all the things I expected to see. That's not one of them. All right. I'll, that's interesting. Tagline, some women will, some won't. Some men do, some don't. The driver might go everywhere. Do anything for your sizzling backseat pleasure. Wow. That was a great marketing line. Who came up with that? Jesus Christ. And it is in no way accurate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't know so Sam Jones actually did another film after I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. That was, yeah, that was like his uh, last film before he played the spirit, I think, right? Jesus Christ. Which you can watch on the DC streaming service, I want to let you know. You can watch that fucking TV, 1987 TV film with, with Sam Jones as the spirit. And honestly, it might be better than the Frank Miller one. <laughs> or more. The Frank Miller one is a terrible spirit movie, but there's part of me that, he, uh, that actually kind of... It's an enjoyable insanity, but it's... I begrudgingly respect how fucking weird it is. Yes, it's it, but at the same time, it's not like a. When I think of the spirit, that's not what. I, but oh, it, no, it's an awful movie if you're talking about trying to adapt the spirit. Right, but I mean the TV movie doesn't do much better, but it does at least keep him. It, it's not batshit insane, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and. Yeah, what have you picked up? I've Anything recently? Uh, I got Creed two. Uh, oh, nice! I, I still gotta get. The... I did get the Steelbook from Best Buy just because I really liked the cover more than any of the other releases, which were just bad Photoshop. <laughs> um, I got from uh, Snappy Video Tower of Screaming Virgins. Oh, which, shit. What they do is they basically take these copyright challenged films from the 50s and 60s stuff. I, I think I mentioned Missile to the Moon, which yeah. they put up. And they try to get a decent print and just for all I know it's a guy in his garage working on it. Hey, more more power it. to him if it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a European film mm -hmm. from I'm guessing the mid to late 60s. I, I don't know too much about it, but it looks really good. It's bright and colorful and it's it's sort of a take on the whole hammer horror thing that was going on at the time where it's a very, very loose adaptation of an Alexander Dumas film. You know, the guy who did... Right. Or, or uh, novel, I should say. The guy who did uh, Three Musketeers. So, right. Uh, if you want to support a small company, getting that should it would be really great. I did order some stuff from Amazon UK, uh, especially some things that are not available in the US, because it, I've noticed they've got a lot of... Japanese and Hong Kong films over there hmm. on Blu-ray that have not been released in the U.S. and some of them might be making their way through Shout or something like that. I don't know. But I picked up a couple of Jackie Chan films from early in his career, uh, To Kill with Intrigue and Dragon Fist. Damn. I watched Dragon Fist. That was actually pretty enjoyable. It's a very serious film compared to his other movies. It's mm. from before they started letting him do more comedy pretty much almost exactly right before because they made these pretty shortly before Drunken Master, which was his breakout hit. I got a couple of zombie films from Japan. I got Tokyo Living Dead Idol, 
and one cut of the dead which one cut of the dead it's i don't i still don't think it's been officially released in the u.s like late last december somehow it became available on amazon prime for like a day Hmm. and it sounds like it was an accident (laughs) so i think it might still count as a 2019 movie if i end up really liking it (laughs) wow uh learning more about giallo i got the case of the bloody iris which pretty uh fittingly comes in a yellow case like the original pulp novels that uh oh nice from uh, and from Arrow Video, I got their special edition of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which nice. is like, it's a very fine movie, and uh, Dave made a maze, big fan of that one, and they did put out a U.S. version, but I wanted the special edition, which Arrow tends to do a good job with that. Uh, I got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I, I also got the 4K version, and Shout was having a sale, so I grabbed one that I needed to catch up on that I've heard really good things about, Valley Girl. And then I had been kind of hemming and hawing about this until the specs finally came out. The Street Fighter Collection. Mm. I was not going to get it unless it had the original uh, Japanese language tracks. Fortunately, it does. So the original one, the Street Fighter, and Return of the Street Fighter have both the English dub and the Japanese and in some cases I think they have multiple English dubs and then the Street Fighter's Last Revenge there is a US cut and a Japanese cut included hmm. so that's cool uh, yeah and I've only ever seen the first one and that was years and years ago on a pan and scan VHS back in the 90s so I, I watched the first one again and holy cow Sonny Chiba mugs so much for the camera. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, this is like this is the movie where he stops a, a guy trying to rape a woman by yanking his junk off. I don't know it, if I should be laughing or not, but it's still funny. <laughs> well, it's the first movie to re- receive an X rating for violence in America. Wow. So. Yeah, uh, total grindhouse bait. So if you, <laughs> if that sounds like something that you will enjoy, man, it is. It follows one of cinema's great bastards because he is not a good guy. He is, in fact, a pretty despicable character. One of the first things he does in the first movie is sell a woman into sex slavery because she doesn't pay him the money that he was promised for doing a job. Yikes. So, <laughs> It's it's definitely like hard ass '70s Japanese cinema. So that's uh, cool. Yeah, if if you are a fan of Kill Bill, that kind of thing, where he was Satori Hanzo, you kind of owe it to yourself to check those out. So, hmm. all right, let's go ahead and move on to the return slot. Uh, I know that you saw at least one thing there, Brian, and I was a little bit disappointed to hear what you thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't watched a lot this time. I know I say that every week. It's just, you know, it's I have too many interests. <laughs> I need to, like, you know, when there's, like, freaking five hours of wrestling a week, 
that I have to grind through just with DVR and it, it just even if you fast forward these certain ports it's it's you know in WrestleMania uh, coming April 7th is going to be seven and a half hours this year because there's 17 matches it's just like why um anyway so I don't watch I didn't get to, I was like a stack of movies higher than me that's I still need to watch but I did watch stay tuned because I wanted to watch this because I remember renting it as a kid because I was a big fan of John Ritter. I grew up, my dad always watched uh, Through His Company, so I think I grew up being a fan of John Ritter. And, um, of course, he is a great comedian and actor. And this movie is... I don't know. It's it, 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 the, First of all, the transfer is, is fine. It looks great for, I think, is it Sony who put this out? Mm-hmm. I have to look that up. <laughs> but um, it, it's a good transfer, and finally have it on Blu-ray because it's one of those movies that I never honestly thought we... It's, it's kind of an obscure... Uh, stay tuned. It it came out and pretty much left the theaters within you know a pretty short time. It didn't. Um, it was best known as the film that it had. Hey, the guy from Three's Company, and hey, it had Mindy from Mark and Mindy in it. That was pretty much how it was known. And oh, hey, the guy gets sucked in through a, a TV satellite. Um, but uh, it, it it the comedy doesn't exactly work. A lot of it is just trying to be parodies of tv shows um which obviously is the whole point of it but so he basically john ritter plays a struggling salesman you know who basically neglects his wife and his kids and he kind of just sits and watches tv that's all he does and one day uh jeffrey jones as you know him from uh, ferris bueller and other movies howard the duck his name is mr spike he appears at the door gives him gives him a brand new TV and only he has to do is sign his soul and so he signs his soul over obviously and he uh, gets sucked into it and he come finds out that um, actually Spike was an emissary from hell and once he, they boost the the TV junkies by getting them getting taking their souls and uh, putting them in the, putting them in gruesome and ironic situations inside the TV. That people watch, and um, so it's called Hellovision, which really they could have come up with something better than that. <laughs> and but the whole thing is, if they can survive for twenty four hours, they're free to go. But if you they get killed, then they become the property of Satan. Um, so of course, his wife actually gets sucked in with him. And the kids, their kids find out when they're watching TV um, by flipping the remote that they're actually changing the places their parents go. They end up in a wrestling ring. They end up on a game show. They end up in a salt and pepper music video with yes, salt and pepper. Um, there's just um, a lot of just you know just parodies of you know instead of Wayne's World, it's Dwayne's Underworld. Like mm-hmm. it's a zombie sketch go. Instead of Silence of the Lambs, it's Silencer of the Lambs, where uh, a couple binds and get bounds and gags their kids during a car trip. So get it, you know. It's just uh, a lot of that stuff. Instead of Dukes of Hazard, David Dukes of Hazard. Uh, it's just like instead of driving Miss Daisy, driving over Miss Daisy. Um, so yeah, it's some of them are okay. The little parodies, and some are just really uh, some of the better ones uh, are My Three Sons of Bitches instead of My Three Sons. <laughs> Which made me laugh. And instead of different strokes, it was different strokes about two different men literally having strokes. <laughs> so some of the... Like it's, it depends. Some of the stuff hits and some stuff just completely does not. It, the, honestly, the highlight of the film for me, and it might be for you too, Ken, if you ever watch it, 
is that halfway through through it, they get stuck in a cartoon animated by Chuck Jones, and there are mice, and they try to evade a giant robot cat, and it goes on for about a good seven to eight minutes. And animation is fantastic, and it's pure Chuck Jones, and it's great. But it never re- after that, there really never becomes another satire that is as good as that, and that's not even really a satire. It's just. It doesn't really know. It, it, try, it tries to be a black comedy, but it doesn't really. It's rated PG. It doesn't really go anywhere. And it's the whole thing is like, oh, he, at the end of the day, he finds out he should spend more time with his wife and not watch TV. And it's just kind of. There's a lot of good talent involved. I just don't think it really. Well, Eugene Levy's in it, right? Uh, yes, I forgot to mention him. He plays the uh, quote unquote henchman or command, uh, but he ends up basically turning on, you know, uh, Spike and ends up helping them, and he's actually really good in it. And again, you know, there's not a, you're not going to see anything bad with John Ritter in it, and, you know, Pam Dauber's actually really good in it as well, and Jeffrey Jones is always good as the villain. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's fine for a watch, but I don't know if I would ever revisit it again. It just, it's one of those things I remembered as a kid to be better than it was, and I don't know... I don't know. Maybe I'm hoping. Maybe I just I don't know. But yeah, it's just kind of there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of there. So, um, but as far as the the um, Blu-ray release, they did a really good job. Um, you know, re, uh, remastering it and stuff. And it's probably the best it's ever looked. Considering, I don't even know if they ever put it. I don't think they even put it out on DVD. I I don't I don't know. Um, oh, cu- cute little uh, fucking uh, note though. Originally, uh, Tim Burton was supposed to be the director of this, but he mm-hmm. decided to do Batman Returns instead. So I'm wondering, with a better director, uh, I mean, the guy who directed it uh, is is uh, Peter Himes, who did stuff like The Relic, uh, Sudden Death, Time Cop, you know, not exactly great stuff. Oh, um, no, I, I did like The Relic. Uh, fair so enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It, not nothing that like. But I think Tim Burton at least could have done a little more with the yeah. you know the art style of it. But um, I don't but know. Especially coming off of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Exactly. So I mean, and he left to do the Batman sequel, which I don't think he really wanted to do anyways. But of course, they gave him the creative control to do whatever he wanted, and we saw what happened when that happened. So. Um, made Penguin a fucking sewer creature, and you know. But anyways, um, so yeah, that's that's really all I watched. I've watched a couple of older TV shows on Netflix that you know nothing to write home about, and um, I have I, I really need to pick up the slack of catching up on my movies. But what have you watched, Ken? Well, I'll just run through some real quick. Um, I've uh, got quite a variety. I've already talked about some of them in the new releases, so I'll skip things like Street Fighter and. Yeah. Dragon Fist, but I'll hit some of them short for a short thing. First of all, I picked up the Deep Rising re-release from Kino. And nice. I have always been more of a fan of Stephen Summers than not, except for Van Helsing, which is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on but, that. Uh, I remain a fan of that film. Uh, I think that even with the terrible CG effects, Treat Williams looks like he is having the time of his life. <laughs> the, the rogue pirate guy yeah. who's just sort of stuck in this shit pit that is <laughs> rising up to his neck. Uh, uh, and even though Kevin J. O'Connor, who's sort of become 
Stephen Sommer's little mascot <laughs> is probably the wrong character to follow and they should have uh, had the Korean girl instead instead of killing her and leaving him alive uh, man I just enjoy so much of it uh, Fonka Jensen's fun in it and all of the uh, mercenary assholes and it's just such a fun weird little monster movie that it doesn't make any sense <laughs> in terms of physics but fuck it it was it was originally called the tentacle which i always found was funny if it ever got released by that name i do not think it would have been surviving as long as it had so. well and it's especially funny because there is a movie called tentacles right released in the wake of jaws about a giant octopus <laughs> right so so uh, i mean it makes a bit of sense there but yeah uh, okay so you know what a huge fan I am of the 1959 version of Journey to the Center of the Earth, right? Yes. Sure. Just no, I do. I kid it. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. Well, I found um, a movie also released by Kino Lorber that looked like, holy shit, this movie was made for me. Because it is based on an old Edgar Allan Poe poem that's mm-hmm. just sort of been fleshed out. It's called War Gods of the Deep. It stars Vincent Price, uh, David Tomlinson, who was Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins, uh, Tab Hunter sort of taking on the role that uh, Pat Boone had in Journey to the Center of the Earth, that kind of thing. Uh, Made in 1965, so it's sort of that kind of adventure yarn based on an old story of the period. If Journey to the Center of the Earth is the A version. This is like the C version, which is really sad because there's so much going for it, but the script isn't very good, and holy shit, there there is one point where, just to stretch this out, it's only 84 minutes long, and it's still got this scene that is... It reminds me of the padding scenes that would just drive the guys on Mystery Science Theater crazy. Like, this. <laughs> If you, if you watch the show, you'll know what I mean by sandstorm and rock climbing. But there's a scene that's like ten minutes of them going through the ocean in this chase where they're all wearing scuba gear. And it's got this constant bubbling noise hmm. through the whole thing. So it sounds like you're standing next to a hyperactive water cooler. It's just the most annoying, god awful shit, and I'm so sad that it's not a better movie. <laughs> it, it's also the last movie directed by Jacques Tourneur, uh, who did like Cat People, and I Walked with a Zombie, and Night of the Demon, and all these classic horror films. So it it just has all of these great parts, and then it goes nowhere. So I was pretty disappointed in that. Uh, speaking of things that were a little bit disappointing, but actually kind of pull off in the end, I watched Pray for Death, starring Master Ninja Shokasugi. <laughs> sorry, I don't, want, I don't want to start laughing. I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's worthy of that. I saw something where they called him, like, the John Wayne of Japan or something, which <laughs> seems like an insult to John Wayne. <laughs> but, yeah, let me read you some of this. The master ninja himself, Shokushu uh, Kasugi, stars as Akira, a Japanese immigrant who moves to America, 
hoping for a simple life, he opens a restaurant with his family, but his world is shattered when he stumbles upon the headquarters of a sinister gang led by crime lord Limehouse Willie. Wrongly <laughs> accused of stealing a precious necklace, the gangsters begin a, a rampage of murder that takes the life of Akira's wife and threatens the lives of his two sons. Now Akira must step out of his quiet life and reveal his other identity, that of a perfectly skilled ninja and the most lethal and mysterious of all martial artists. Wow. That's amazing. On so many levels. To the brutal Limehouse and his henchmen. Stay away from my family, or you will pray for death. <laughs> no, seriously, this movie, like, the first half is just so slow, and it goes nowhere, and there's a one really brutal, horrible murder in there to kind of liven it up, ironically. <laughs> and then the last half is just crazy violence. Damn. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I can't say I recommend it, but it's it's still better than something like Silent Rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, I watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, a double feature. Oh, you ended up seeing that. Nice, nice, nice. Yes, it was so much fun. I've, oh, I saw, the, saw it weirdly because I saw the Evil Dead trilogy in reverse order. Like somebody recommended I watch Army of Darkness, so I did, and it was amazing. Same. So I watched Evil Dead 2, and yep. it was a masterpiece. And then I saw Evil Dead, and I just like, eh. Yep, exact same thing happened with me when I, I was introduced to it. Saw Army of Darkness, I'm like, this is awesome. Then I'm like, Evil Dead, is this good? Oh, okay. And then I watched the first one, and I was like, this is not funny. <laughs> I didn't know that was, like, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, and that's fine. And seeing it in the theater, yeah, and it's it's a it's a strange experience because it's like TV format. It's oh yeah, three three to one, right? And that's actually how it was done. It's right. not like it's the wrong format or no. It was it's so format. so low budget. It was pretty much a student film, basically. I mean, it's it's yeah, more or less. Yeah. So just the fact that it was released that way in 1981 is surprising, but right? I appreciate it more now, having seen it in the theater, but I still think it's more or less just a better-than-average horror film of the period with some really good camera work. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, and the, you know, lots of extra blood and corn syrup or food coloring, whatever they used to make the, the gore look, you know, better than some stuff that, at that time, um... Yeah, I, I, so it, a good movie, but it's funny. I was actually speaking to one of the gals working at the theater, and she said, "Well, I saw it, and I always thought that Evil Dead Two is a better one, but now that I've watched it, I thought Evil Dead is the better movie in the theater, and Evil Dead Two is the better one at home." And I hate to disagree with her, but seeing Evil Dead Two in the theater made me realize just how insane that movie is. <laughs> And these were 4K restorations. Oh, nice! Phenomenal. But Evil Dead Two, holy shit! Like when when I'm watching it, when I watched it at home, I didn't realize just how insanely stylized that film is. Because nothing in it really looks natural, especially the stuff where like he's standing in front of the the sun as it's setting really rapidly. Yeah. By the bridge. 
and it's just such a weird shot and that is it looks so surreal on the big screen i'll put it that way and i absolutely adored it if you get the chance to see these on the big screen i highly recommend it especially since they've cleaned them up now and they look fantastic so have you ever seen army have you ever seen army of darkness on the big screen Unfortunately, no. Nah, same. Because I was, I, I, sorry, I just, that was something I thought about. Continue. And then last one I'll talk about. I watched Dracula, the 1958 Hammer version with nice. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And I gotta say, it it is one of the better ones that I've seen. I do think it is. It's, it's a lot like Curse of Frankenstein, the first Frankenstein movie, where it, it almost feels like it was written by somebody who is vaguely remembering the novel from reading it 20 years ago. Sort of like what Alex Garland did when he wrote the Annihilation script. Mm. Because there's a little bit here and there that is like the original story, but most of it just feels like a remix. Yeah. Like... Uh, Jonathan Harker is actually friends with Van Helsing and a vampire hunter himself when he shows up at Castle Dracula. Excuse me. And uh, Mina is actually the wife of his future brother-in-law, and it it's kind of weird. I, I, I know why it, the way it is in a lot of cases, and that's because they didn't have a deal with Universal at the time, so they kind of had to be careful that what they did wasn't going to lead to them getting sued by Universal, which is a little bit strange because you'd think that if you're going off of the same source material, you wouldn't have to worry as much about that, but apparently it was a concern. But Christopher Lee is amazing, Peter Cushing is great, and it looks really good. The version I have was the import version from the UK, uh, released by, I think, Lionsgate. And it includes some... I, I watched the BFI restoration, which includes some bits and pieces from a Japanese print that was found that contained wow. part of some scenes that they thought were completely lost. Because when it was released, there was a censored version that was released in the US and the UK. And then there was also a longer version with some extra special effects shots that were cut because of censorship and gore and stuff. Hmm. Like apparently the, uh, they had Christopher Lee, they would, they coated his face, they like put red makeup on him and then coated his face with flesh covered wax. Jesus. And so he like started to, they had him like scratching his face and like tearing what looked like skin off to show red underneath. So it's a heck of an effect. And yeah. there's that and there's stuff where like his body's disintegrating at the end and things. And that stuff was all cut in the UK version. So uh, it, apparently it's not the full version. The originally it went longer in uh, the Europe and Japan versions, but that's as close as they've come to the complete scenes. So, hmm. interesting. That's 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 they cool though. It was lost forever, and then they found it in some. That's like, crazy. 
yeah, some collector's uh, house or something. So, wow. Well, before we wrap everything up, I just want to say we have one more little bit of news, which I saved for the end of the show because it's such an amazing, huge news announcement. Um, and I don't think Kent knows about it, but no, he knows about it, but I don't think he's even going to talk about it. So, um, it's, it's, it's shut the world on fire and the internet. And that is that, yes, it's official. Bill and Ted 3 begins production <laughs> to 2020 release date. Uh, they actually had an actual video message from Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter saying that, uh, basically it's going to be released April 20, uh, August 21st, 2020, um, it's going to be called Bill and Ted Face the Music. Picks up with them middle-aged as they meet a visitor from the future who warns them only their song can save life as we know it and bring harmony to the universe. Um, it is going to be written by the original writers and directed by the guy who did Galaxy Quest. So, um, yeah, I know I a lot of... You put that Galaxy Quest was amazing. Yeah, so it... it I never thought it actually happened. I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen, but it's actually happening. I know a lot of people are excited, and I'm, you know, I'm not as huge fans of the original movies as some people are, but I know it's like a cult thing. And um, but yeah, so that's a pretty big, pretty, pretty big deal. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's that. I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that because I completely, uh, I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I feel like at some point we brought up the fact that they were working on right, it, right. But, that, they yeah. actually officially started production here in the last week. Or yeah, so. like they're they're actually actively doing it now, and it's a hundred percent happening. Um, but other than that, um, as uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this yeah. show. Let's go ahead and do the rundown. You can find us on Facebook at I Love the Damned. You can find my artwork on Facebook at TNT Studios. You can find us on Twitter at I Love the Dam. No E D. You can also find our individual Twitter accounts. I know I almost never <laughs> go on Twitter. Work out mine, but yeah, same. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram as well if you really want to get into it. So. <laughs> exactly. So uh, thank you for listening, and um, we'll be back in two weeks with what will be out. What movies will be out in two weeks? I don't know. Shazam. Oh yeah. Us most likely. Yes. So, uh, one of those will be good and I'm pretty sure you guys can figure out which one. I'm joking. We'll see. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and, um, we'll catch you in two weeks. Watch some flicks. Remember great entertainment awaits you weekends and weekdays.